You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Good morning. Uh, I'm excited about today and hope that man, at the end of this, uh, of this sermon that God would, uh, that I would be of some blessing and, and or usefulness uh, to your soul. Uh, it's, it's odd because, you know, uh, I was telling the people in, in the first service that whenever God seems to give me a word, it's always something that I am in need of, uh, something that I am horrible at, that I need to grow in myself, which ensures then that this message cannot be about me. It has to be about him. He is the one that, that is perfect for us. He's the one who always has and will obey God the Father. And so again, uh, 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 I've been given the task this morning to talk to you about wisdom. Out of all people, I've been summoned to talk to you all about wisdom. Uh, God must have a, 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 a sense of humor. Uh, because here I am talking about something I lack so much of. Uh, it was March of 2014 uh, that I was called to, uh, uh, that we did, we had to give, we, we did what they call a flipping report. Uh, that's where, man, they try to make use of your gift things and see where you, see where you are strong and see where you are Weekend by looking at your personality. And I had to submit this form uh, to six to eight people. Now, me being wise, I chose the people who would lie for me, uh, that, that would speak well of me, that would, man, say all, all of the good things that I am and hold out those bad things. Well, that didn't work. Uh, the truth came back. And though I was sitting in front of the guy who had administered this report, along with Rodney, for an hour and a half, they were telling me how, how excellent I was. Not, I'm lying. They, was, they were telling me on the areas where God had used me, in a sense, and, where, and some areas where I could actually grow in. At the conclusion of this meeting, um, uh, the guy looked across the table from me and said, Valentine, uh, one thing that I want to say that you, could, that, you, that, that you can grow in is wisdom. Now, this guy didn't know me at all. So I'm like, is that because you know I'm from O'Clair? I mean, why, 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 why are you saying that? If you don't know me, really, to say that, but man, you know, but here's the truth and, and, and everything. And I think I was really convicted, even in that moment when I tried to justify, which showed how foolish I was, that even Christ himself is said to have grown in wisdom, stature, and in favor of man and God. Luke 2, 52, that, that Christ, our Savior, he grew in wisdom. And if we're not all striving to grow in wisdom, that, 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 might, that, that might show you that you're not that wise. Today, I want to just give you, man, a, 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 a first of all, the, uh, I'm going to define wisdom for you. And then we're going to take the application of that wisdom uh, in Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 21. Uh, but I want to give you man, just a great motive on why we should live or why we should walk in wisdom. But prior to that, let me first define for you wisdom. First of all, let me say that wisdom and knowledge are different. That we all have a certain modicum of knowledge. Knowledge is gained through information, reasoning, and acquaintance. That if you live in this world long enough, you're going to accrue some, some base of knowledge. All of us are. You're going to have good and bad, but you're going to always, uh, uh, over time, through experience, reasoning, and who you hang around with, you're going to uh, make privy to knowledge. But wisdom, 
It's not the same. Uh, we'll go on and we'll learn later on, not today, but we'll learn that there are two types of wisdom. But today I want to, just, I want to talk about this wisdom, man, that is, uh, first of all, defined by Wayne Grudem, uh, but I, I nuanced it some that, that it could actually uh, help us to benefit from its definition. Uh, he says here that wisdom is the ability to choose the best goals and the best means to the goals. It is the ability to choose uh, the best goals and then the best means of getting to those, that goal or that purpose. Make good could you imagine a life where whatever situation that you're handed down, that you make the best decision at all times? That, 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 I want to be wise. If not for that, man, I mean, whenever I'm faced with a, a situation, I'm, then I have the ability to choose always the best goal and always the best means. That makes one wise according, which, which is the wisdom of God. God always chooses the best Go. He always chooses the best means to get to that goal. Also, wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, what is right, and what's lasting. Wisdom is the ability, man, to judge what is true, right, or lasting. Last is, uh, it is it, wisdom, it acts properly upon knowledge. That wisdom is the ability to take information and use it in a way that, that, that brings out the best way and best path. So we all are given this ability. Now, so we all have accrued knowledge. And now what God does, we'll see later on, is that he then, with this knowledge, gives us the ability to choose what's best and then what is the, the best way to achieve uh, uh, the goal or the path he has in place. Uh, the truth is, is that every, I mean, that, 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 that knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to use the gun and when to keep it in its holster. We all have knowledge, but now all of us exercise wisdom or have wisdom, and we'll see. And so with that definition, man, uh, 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 let me give you, so, I'm gonna, so, so if, you haven't, if you haven't done yourself uh, the pleasure, rather did a series of sermons over, uh, over the book of Ephesians uh, some years ago, uh, do yourself the plum pleasing pleasure and listen to that set of sermons. Amen, because in that set of sermons. He's going to set up what I'm going to talk about, but today briefly. The book of Ephesians is divided into two halves. Uh, mainly on one side of the, uh, of, of the book, there are indicatives. That is, it gives you the what's been done and who you are in Christ. On the flip side of that, uh, chapters 4 through 6, it's made up generally of, of imperatives, commands. And so, what the book does, it, it does a great job of giving you what's, being done, what's been done so now you have a great motive of doing and not the opposite. You want to do for Christ out of what's been done for you already. And so that's the, that's the makeup of, of this book. It, it gives you good motives before you do good, uh, uh, good, good movements or motions. So, so with that, let me just, I'm going to focus on just a handful of scriptures, hopefully to build up uh, 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 your, your, your motivation in, in a great way on why we should live and walk in wisdom. Flip, I mean, uh, look at verses 3 through 10. I'm going to go through these briefly uh, because, again, there's a, there, there's a set of sermons on this already that you, could, uh, 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 bless, you can bless your soul with. Uh, uh, verse 3 of this chapter says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. This is an active indicative, simply saying that God did this without your help. That God, he blessed you uh, in Christ with 
every, not some, but with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Even as he, God, chose you in him before the foundation of the world to be holy in blame. So, I mean, here, I mean, this, I, mean, I can never get over this. The fact that I know I'm a child of God dealing and struggling with certain sins, but God the Father in Christ only sees me one way, holy and blameless. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. That's now and forever. That, 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 that's why you can be called saints when you ain't a saint. And there are, there's been a plethora of times where I've acted like an ain't and not a saint. But because of Christ, he always sees me as a holy one. That's the literal definition of a saint, a holy one. Can you imagine in your struggle and sin, God still sees you as holy and blameless because of Christ? That's the beauty of, of that truth. And then it goes on to verse 5. It says, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. I don't know if I should be sharing this, but I'm going to share it. I didn't share it first, sir, but I, y'all today are, y'all are, are special to me. And share with y'all a story that way. This idea of adoption. A few weeks ago, we was given the opportunity to, to, to jump in into an, an adoption for a child up in California. I won't say his name. Uh, had a chance to speak to uh, the CPS rep in California. I guess she wasn't made aware that I was already made aware of the condition and state of this child. She said, sir, I don't know if, if anyone has told you, uh, but she said, uh, this child that you're going to adopt, uh, his mother was on drugs. Father, father was, an, was an alcoholic. As a matter of fact, the, the baby was beaten out of the mother where it came out prematurely. And and the mother was still on drugs at the time of this, of this pregnancy. And she said, do you, still want, do you still desire to adopt this child? I said, ma'am, truly, I said, How you, what you described of that baby physically is what I was spiritually. That there is nothing you can tell me that, that will prevent my wife and I from adopting this child. Because I said, the gospel has informed me on, on who and how I should adopt a child. I, I don't, we don't want to adopt a child from a perfect situation. We've jumped into it to adopt and or foster kids from hard places. I was in a spiritual hard place myself, man. And God, he adopted me in. All of us, was, we were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and yet Christ, before time, chose to, he, he, chose to, to, uh, uh, he chose to adopt us. Given the mess we were, he still said, I want you. And I want you, despite your state, I still want, that's, to me, that's good news. That we have a father who wants us despite everyone else. We are his sons and daughters, and that will never change. Great motivation to work in. So now that has informed me on how to adopt. I'm not looking for a child who's perfect. I'm looking for one who's like me, messed up. But God fixed, and it's still fixing. That's wisdom applied, even in the form of, of, of an adoption. Move on. Who has, uh, verse, verse, verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which, which he has blessed us in the beloved. Christians are, are blessed not because of a certain place outside or in this world, but we're blessed simply because God in his sovereign plan and will has placed us in Christ. Our blessings flow in and through Christ Jesus and not, of, not due to some, some external Situation. We are blessed because we're placed in the beloved, which, which is Christ. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness 
of our trespasses. As a saint, just to be short, we never have to worry about uh, uh, facing uh, uh, the consequence of being ju- uh, or of the judgment being final when it comes to our sins because we've been justified by faith through Christ in the shed blood. Y'all, we will always stand innocent before God, and our sins has once and for all been dealt with by the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Jesus, even though you struggle with sin, your sins have been forgiven, not some, but all. Again, that should inform us on how we should forgive. What's been done should move us to do. Going back to verse 8 now, which he lavished on us in our wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. The reason why we know that Christ is the savior of this world is because God in his grace lavished it on us, gave us wisdom, all wisdom and all insight for us to realize that Christ is the Messiah. He is the savior of this world. That, you're not that smart to figure it out. It's a mystery that God in his grace has given us to believe and to know and to come to believe in. And in and, and all of his wisdom, and all of his insight, he says, I'm gonna let you in on who the Savior is. The reason why the world cannot know, because the Bible says the God of this world has blinded their minds that they would never know Christ as Savior. But not us. He lavished his grace on us. And said, look at my, look, here is my mystery now revealed to you. That my son, he's going to unite all things and all people unto himself for my glory and for eternity. That's a mystery the world has yet to know. That's the motivation. If there's any other reason for us to walk in wisdom, it is because of what Christ has already done for us. He's giving, he saved you to be wise. He saved you to be insightful. So Paul can now from this premise command the church at Ephesus, at Ephesus to walk in wisdom. We, we, we see this now in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 15 through 21. I'm going to run through this swiftly and get you out of here. Amen. Let me read uh, for you the first three verses of that, uh, uh, 15 through 17. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, foolish, ignorant, stupid people, but as wise making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, he says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So what I first want to bring out of this is that, man, if if we're going to walk in wisdom, our walk has to be diligent. Our walk has to be diligent. Look what it says here in in verse 15, look carefully, highlight, do something with the word carefully. That word also means accurate, precise, diligent. Uh, 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 uh. Be careful, be accurate than how you walk, how, how you live. Be, because Christ has saved you, we need to now move, man, now, now, now our walk needs to symbolize or our walk needs to uh, Inform the world that we're saved. So we have to walk careful. Maybe, maybe you're asking why. Why should I, why, why should I walk a, a tight line now that I'm saved? And we'll get to how this, done, how this is done later on. But he saved us to walk carefully, a tight line. I need you to be careful how you walk. Now that's unwise. Because unwise people, they live in a kind of way. But wise people, they are careful. They are precise in how they walk. Tell us why. 
If you go back to 1 Peter, Peter says why? 1 Peter, it'll be here on your screen. 1 Peter 2 and 11 says this. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of your lust, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Why? So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We walk carefully because the world is watching. When God saved you, he put you in a high-definition TV set and said, now I've saved you that the world might glorify me because of you. So you need to be careful how you speak, be careful in what you do, and be careful in what you say or, or, or think because the world is watching you. And saints, I think, now, 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 now I'm not talking about saints in Midlothian, but I believe that there are people who are saved who live their life not thinking about the world watching that. And, and, and in some sense, God's glory is on the line. God's character is on the line because he's placed you in the midst of a dark and perverse world. Are you paying attention to how you live? Are you carefully walking simply that God might be glorified and that the people around me might see him and talk about him. That's why we pay attention. That's why we want to live not as unwise, but also live as wise. <laughs> That's impressive. Amen. Come on. So there is this idea that, man, that, that, that if we're going to walk in wisdom, that we should, that, man, that we should uh, walk with, with diligence, but also we should, our walk should be discerning. Discerning. Look at what it says here at, uh, at, at uh, verse uh, 16. Making the best use of your time. That simply means that we ought to take full advantage of every opportunity given us. When God saved you, he saved you for a season. And the truth is, we don't know when that season is going to end. Life is short. And for some reason, we think that life is long. But life, the, the Bible describes life as a vapor, here today and gone tomorrow. Man, we're here for a season. Now, are you making most of the season that you're in? Are you making most? Are you asking God to show you? How to make the most of this season of my life. Uh, the, uh, there's, a, there's a psalm that says this in Psalm, uh, uh, psalm 39, verse 4 and 5. Uh, it's on the screen. Oh, Lord, look, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Have you, asked, have you asked God to reveal that to you? God, my life is it's fleeting. It's, it's here and it's cone. And so Moses asked to this what he says in Psalm 912, so teach us to number our days that we might or that, or that we may get a heart of wisdom. How many of us on a daily basis, we're asking God, help me to make most of this day by bringing much glory to you, advancing your kingdom, and doing good to all for the sake of Christ. I wonder how many of us live with that mindset that I'm, God, I'm, going, to, I'm going to live for the glory of you to advance your kingdom for the good of others, for the sake of your gospel in Christ. 
See, that's somebody who's wise. They're not just living the life, say, uh, living it off the whim. They're, they are really asking God, show me how to make the best use of this season of, the, of my life. And I just want to admit that most Christians, we're not asking that question consistently. Is that for, for some, we think we know what to do every day. And we don't seek God who will show us what to do, but also how to do it in a way that reflects him, that advance his kingdom, his mission, and do good to all others for the sake of the gospel. Are we living it with that light and with, with, with that mindset? See, that's making the most, the best use of the time. Why? He says, because the days are full of evil. Just look back over the past month or two or the year or two, man. We live in a dark and evil world, and yet we are squandering our time. We're not making the most of it, the best of it, for the sake of him and the gospel. Look what one, one author said. Living wisely is making the most of every opportunity to please and glorify God. Every day. And every hour provides opportunities, and we should seize them for these, for, for these purposes. This is important because we live in days that are ev- that evil influences, and evil individuals, they dominate. God has placed us here to be light to a world trapped in darkness. He has given us a window of time in this evil world to serve him, to walk for him, and to bring much glory to his name. We've been charged with that. To bring glory to his name and to present light to people who who are in darkness. And the quickest way that saints can kill that is by grumbling and complaining. And I know you're asking me, well, show that in Scripture. And I am. Not on the screen, but turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. What, what, what we find out, man, is that there are Christians complain more than anybody else. We're, we are just complainers. We, do. We, we love to, we have a disease called Complainitis, that is the inflammation of complaining. We have a sickness. And y'all listen to me, listen to me. That sickness of that, that, that complaining is doing something. Look what it says here in Philippians uh, 2, verse 14 and 15. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain and labor in vain. People who, people who walk in wisdom don't complain. We don't murmur. We don't grumble. We rejoice. And the fact that Christ has left me here to make much of him, to advance his kingdom for the good of others. That's why you left here. And the words of my dad that he told me back in the days, son, suck it up. Christians, we don't have to just suck it up. We can rejoice because God is working this out for our good. So, if we're going to walk in wisdom, we, we, we have to be diligent. We have to be discerning. And yet, man, we have to be determined. Look at verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish. That is, idiot, an idiot. Stupid or ignorant. There's a, a thing that right now that Rodney says that man that, that I, I love hearing it somewhat. 
that we are all idiots, that they have a bright future, and anybody can get in on it. That's the gospel to us, because we're all idiots. We are. We, nobody in here outside of Christ has ever walked in wisdom all the time. We make idiotic choices every once in a while because we don't always find our satisfaction in Jesus. So when I say walk in wisdom, here's what I'm saying, that we need to be determined not to walk as unwise, but to walk as wise men. Simply put, that is knowing and understanding this word Understanding means this, perceiving and doing the will of God. There's a story in John chapter 4 where Christ, he meets this Samaritan woman. And his disciples, they go down to get food. And when they they come back, they ask Christ, man, do you still have an appetite? And he said, said these words, "My, my meat my meat is to do the will of the Father who sent me and to accomplish his work. Christ, his nourishment was to do God's will. And his disciples couldn't do that. They, 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 they couldn't understand. So you're saying that you're not, you're not, you're good. Based off the fact you find nourishment in doing the will of God, that's not saying that Christ didn't eat. That's saying that man that he knew what was priority. That he put God's will above everything else. And he did it to a T. Even to the point where, as you found in John chapter 5, we uh, 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 read me please here on, on, on the screen. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because. Uh, uh, not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Verse 19. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord. Look, the son, God in the flesh said, I can do nothing of my own volition. I, I'm not going to get ahead of God the father. I'm not doing anything that he has not yet told me or revealed for me to do. Look, look what he says. But only what he sees the Father doing. So whatever I see the Father doing, I'm doing it. If the Father d- does not do it, I'm not going to do it. For 33 and a half years, that's all he did was, was the will of the Father with perfection. But here's God, here's God the Son doing it. How often do we get ahead of God doing stuff for God, not with God? If Jesus could submit himself only to move when the Father said move, we should only move when the Word and the Spirit says move. That's wisdom. It's been determined to do nothing but the will of the Father. Question, how often do you ask this question? When you go out of the bed, put on your clothes, leave the house, go to work, come back, or leave the house, and go to school, or stay home and, 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 and work hard with the kids, how often are you asking God, what? Is your will for my life today? I'm determined not to be unwise, but to know and to do the will of God. Because I want to reflect you in that you always choose the best path with the best means to get to the path for your own glory. How often are we asking that question? As a father, as a parent, as a mother, husband, wife, co-worker, boss, whatever it is, God's will should dominate our life. Are we asking the question often? Or 
are we being idiots? Which simply says this, I know God's will for my life without seeking God. How often have you put your business under God's? God, whatever you want in my business, whatever you want of my career, I'm, I'm submitting it to you. I want your will. My meat in it is to do your will and to do the work that you've sent me to accomplish for your glory, to advance your kingdom and for the good of someone else. That's somebody who walks with wisdom. They're simply trying to do what they see God doing for us to the person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So with that, I know that I've been encouraged to, to be diligent, discerning, and to, and, be, and to be determined to understand what God's will is for my life, for my family's life, for my kids' life. I, I got to pray and, and, and seek you on it. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. My meat right now is to seek your will over my life and the life of my family. I need your wisdom in this because I don't have a clue on what I'm doing. And that's humility. And with that, the Bible says he gives grace to the humble, but to those who think they know what they're doing, I oppose you. You and I, we are now at war with each other? Are you seeking God's will for everything involving your life? Well, how? How do I get that? I see your face and you're asking that question. Well, well I hear that, but, but how? Verse 18. Our life should be dominated by God. Verse 18. It says, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. In case you didn't know, I have not always been saved. I used to have my days of debauchery. I was drunk. Not with just wine. No, 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 no. I was, a, I was an advanced drunk at the, at the time been controlled by all kinds of spirits. Budweiser had me going for, duh, for a while. E&J e had me going for a while. There were times when, man, when I was so under the influence, I did not know what I said, but I said it. Didn't know how I got where I was, but I was there. Didn't know what I did, how I did, but I did because I was under the, under the influence of alcohol. Paul talking about wisdom. He pulls out the idea of being drunk. Where is the wisdom in that? Well, you would know it if you've, if you've been drunk before. That's me. I was controlled and ruled and dominated by this, by, by beer and liquor and wine. And Paul is saying, man, what, 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 what wine did for you then, my spirit can do for you now. That my spirit can dominate, rule, and guide your life where you're saying stuff you thought you would never say, doing things you thought you would never do. Why? God is controlling your life now. Having had a relationship with my father for a long time, whenever he comes around, God says, forgive him. Lies to me constantly, but forgive them. I can't do that. How do you keep forgiving somebody who keeps lying to you and hurting you by the power of the Holy Spirit? Asking God constantly to control, feel God who dominate my life for your glory. For the, that your kingdom might be advanced and God, for the good of my daddy, do your thing through me, God. Control me. Fill me up. But I may do, say, and think things that I thought I never would do, say, or think. That's being controlled by the Spirit. And God, he wants to do it through all of us right now. 
He wants to simply, hey, let me, let me take the wheel. I promise you, I, 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 I know where I'm going. I, unlike Apple's maps, I know how to get there. I know the quickest way to get there. I promise you, I, I, let me just take the wheel. I, I, I got you on this. But you need to let go. Being filled with the Spirit is different than being baptized in the Spirit. Being baptized in the Spirit, that's a one-time thing done to place you in the body of Christ. Being filled is a constant thing. It's a daily thing. For me, sometimes it's every second, every minute, every hour. You're pleading with God, fill me. And it's a passive work of him. Nothing that you can do but submit that will allow him to fill you. Keeping this question in context, last time you got drunk, off the spirit, where he did things in you you never thought you would do. He used you to say stuff to people you never thought you would say. Your thought pattern, he's changing that all together. Because for once, and often, we're humbling ourselves under his mighty hand and saying, God, just I cannot do this. I can't be a pastor to my family. I can't, I can't respond in a way to my husband that I respond to you. I'm struggling right now. He said, let it go. Let me feel you, and I promise you, you'll start doing things that you never thought you could do before. There are three things, not, not in totality, but there are three evidences of this, of you being filled with the Spirit that here we see in the text, and then, I, and, and then I'm done. And verse 19 of the text when you are being controlled by the Spirit, been filled, ruled, dominated by the Spirit of God, and he has dominion over your, your total being. He says, man, that one, you see the importance of music and scripture. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms, that's, word, that, that, that's scripture, psalms. If you're doing this to someone else, it's never about you. Uh, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. What's helped me in this regard now is that every day, mostly every day, I'm reading up a proverb a day and a psalm a day. I was told that, man, if I would, read a, if I would take a chapter of Proverbs each day of the week, knowing that the goal is to know God, to love God and others, that God in that would make me more wise. I read Psalms to, to help stir my affections for him, yet at the same time dealing with my mind, but more so, man, just as, man, God, help my emotions. Help me to see that I can be emotional with you and you can, and you can handle it. We have a bunch of emotionless Christians. But that's not the picture you see in Psalms. David is off the chain. He's here one day, he's there the next day, he's up and down. But he realizes one thing, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is still with him. He's emotional. Proverbs a day. A song. Eugene Peterson has a, a, a great book out every day. In the songs that help you really pray, learn how to pray and sing, and also, man, get you, get you, your, get you a, a top ten list of songs. Have you ready to go when you want, when you want, when you want to spend time with God. Hit your song list. Music helps you enter into the presence of God. All right, so that's one. So, so you, we see the importance of scripture and uh, and music. Number two, we are thankful to God for everything because of Jesus. Somebody who's wise, they're, always, they're just thankful, primarily because you are saved and you know God. 
I don't care how bad it gets. Listen, the writer of Proverbs says that you haven't gotten to the point of shedding blood, so, you, so be good with that. Christians, if I'm going to walk in wisdom, I can't complain. That's not wise. It's just not wise. The Bible says, don't complain, period. Stop complaining. Enjoy the fact that God has you in a tough moment for your own good. That he is sanctifying you through the process, making you more like Jesus. You know Jesus, and you're becoming like Jesus when it's all said and done. That's reason in of itself to be thankful. Last. This is here, y'all. This here, this here is, is a toughie here, y'all. You know that one is walking in spirit, walking in wisdom, been filled with the spirit when they are submitting to one another as unto the Lord. I know it's been said that only wives should submit to husbands, but submission is mutual. The text says that. Now, wives should respect and husbands should love, but man, we should all, we should both submit to each other. Because none of us, neither of us know all things. So sometimes God's going to use you, sometimes God's going to use me. But when it's all said and done, we are submitted unto the Lord. And I know that some of us, we have some mean teachers, mean bosses, even some mean parents. Amen. But that does not say that you should not submit as unto the Lord. Submission should never lead to sin. But we ought to practice submitting to each other. That's somebody you know who's walking in wisdom. A person who is walking in wisdom sees the importance of music and scripture. They, 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 they understand the importance of being thankful because of God work in their lives through Christ and in every situation. Then they would, they have, they would, have a, they would, they would be willing to submit to one another as unto the Lord. Let me finish with this quote uh, by uh, a friend of mine, hopefully one day anyway, he and I will be friends. Uh, now he's just a distant friend of mine, uh, Tim Keller. Uh, 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 and, he's, and he says this, and then I'm, uh, I'm finished. Are you spending the time understanding the will of God, memorizing it, and working it into your life? Are you really being obedient? Or are you putting forth short-term human wisdom, solutions in your life instead of long-term obedient solutions. Can you tell you, that you are growing in wisdom and in insight? Are you really a wiser person than you were last year? Are you really able to make better decisions? Do you know yourself better? Do you understand the times and seasons better? Can you size up people better? Are you less often food? Because only fools are food. Wise people aren't food. If not, if that's not you, he says, repent and turn to Jesus and say to him, be my wisdom, be my redemption, be my sanctification. Be my righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Christ is those things to us. That according to 1 Corinthians 10, 31, that Christ, he became wisdom. He became, uh, 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 he became redemption, righteousness for us. So we can rest in him now, God, knowing that, God, we want to always live in total obedience to you, but we trust in one who has. God, with this idea of, of wisdom, God, we really desire to walk in this. 
And what a great motivation that has been said that, that because you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing, you have chosen us before the foundations of the world to be blameless and, and holy, that God, that you have predestined us to be a, that you have lavished your grace on us in all wisdom and insight that we might understand what the mystery of the gospel is. God, we have great reasoning to, to rejoice and to seek out the wisdom. Help us to walk in a way that is diligent, discerning, and determined, and that the outplay of that is our lives been dominated by your spirit, ruled, governed, that we might make much of you, advance your kingdom, and do good to others for the sake of Jesus Christ. And Father, there, are, there may be someone here who, who thought they had wisdom. And yes, the truth is, there are two types of wisdom. One that's earthly, demonic. There's one also that is not of this earth, but it's from you and of you, because of you. And Father, my prayer is, God, that, that if there's one here under the sound of my voice who is seeking wisdom, that they would first seek you through Christ. That right now, at this time, the best choice, the best path, the, and the best means to the path of getting to you is through your Son. Will you now grant repentance? Will your Spirit now work that there might be one who comes to know you as Father, through a loving Savior, and a revealing Spirit. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Help us to walk, to live in wisdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.